First things first, no country on earth is free, not one. Next, which country has the most people in prison currently? America. Which country has the highest percentage of its population in prison in history? America. Which country has the most laws? I don't know that one. America. So when you talk about the land of the free, what they're actually saying is, we've built a society based on freedom. Of course there is no freedom, because true freedom is anarchy. So I'm not even advocating for it. You look at Russia. All Russians respect Russia. They all respect the Russian flag. They respect the Russian identity. You can be Christian, you can be Muslim, but we are Russians. And when they're attacked externally, they unify as a Russian people. America doesn't have that. Half America hates the flag. They've turned the colors against each other. They've turned the religions against each other. They've turned the political parties against each other. Nothing unifies America besides the illusion of freedom. So. When you have the most controlled nation on earth with the most laws and the most people in jail, and the only thing that's preventing absolute anarchy and unifying the people is the illusion of freedom. How do you do that? What you do is you make sure that nobody's free to do anything important, like speak about important issues, but you allow people to be free to do dumb shit. How's it going, my fellow Americans? Welcome back to the show. It's time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. Welcome to 2024, my fellow Americans. We have arrived. And <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> uh, going to be a bumpy ride. Um, so real quick before I get going, before I get started today, just wanted to say, sorry about that last episode. Allegedly, I brought up some controversial, gross stuff that I don't want to believe is real. And if that episode turned you off from me or turned you away from me um that's just an emotional reaction it'll dissipate over time just come back to me okay i'll never get that gross again i told you guys last episode i'll never talk about anything uh as gross and disgusting and unbelievable and difficult to hear and believe is real uh that's probably as bad as it will ever get on this show so if you made it through that episode, perfect. It's never going to be that bad again, okay? <laughs> I know. It was a lot. And, um, you know, little black pill. I've been on this black pilled kick lately. I swear to God, I'm in a positive mental attitude. It's just, um, you know, I don't sugarcoat or make excuses for facts and truth and evidence that I discover through my research. I accept it as reality once I realize that the probability of whatever it is being real is quite high. And I think any truth seeker, anyone that's being honest with themselves about the real world is capable of doing so. 
And if you aren't so capable of doing so, that's your area of opportunity that you need to work on. The only way out of this mess is through. The only way out is facing truth and facing the reality that we are living in. I'm sorry. There is no other way. Okay? With that being said, you guys hear about the Epstein client list and the black book being released? I got my hands on both. <laughs> Lots of interesting names on the flight logs and uh, in the black book. <laughs> uh, I stumbled upon a gentleman on X that shared his files. 97 pages is one of them. 100 and something pages is the other one. Allegedly unredacted. So shoot me an email, Andrew for America, 1984 at gmail.com if you want me to send it to you. <laughs> oh, boy. Have you guys heard um, Aaron Rodgers uh, straight up called out Jimmy Kimmel for being on the list on the Pat McAfee show? And Jimmy Kimmel didn't like that too much. He took to Twitter and started blowing up Aaron Rodgers with some bullshit. And... I'm sorry, Jimmy Kimmel, but I'm just going to say this, dude. Anyone with half a brain in their head that's watched your show and listened to the drivel that has come out of your mouth about very politically charged cultural uh, stories and issues of the past few years, we know you're corrupted, dude. We knew you were on the island, and even if you weren't out on the island, and if you weren't in the big club's pocket, I mean, I sniffed it out on you a long time ago. You never would have been relevant after the man show with Joe Rogan had you not taken the blood oath and joined the club, bro. <laughs> uh, save your bullshit. We all know, dude. We all know the deal with you, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> and I, I mean, man, some of the names on that list, people. And you know what's more interesting than the list, the flight logs, is the black book. The black book, boy, is a who's who of some of the most powerful, wealthy movers and shakers, one percenter families in the world are in that black book. Very interesting. And I got no problem sharing it far and wide. So shoot me an email if you want me to forward that to you. <laughs> Very interesting stuff. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Um, lot of podcasters out there. Uh, their shows are growing. My show is growing. Other podcasters in the little truth or conspiratorial realm that we uh, are all a part of. I think that it's only a matter of time before more people start realizing, wow, maybe we should go listen to this. Uh, maybe we should go start listening to these tinfoil hat wearing nut jobs. These conspiracy theorists that, you know, I don't know, what are we up now? 34, 35 to nothing on being right about these media news stories? <laughs> I mean, I haven't taken many L's in the last two to three years of me doing this podcast. 
And there are a lot of other podcasters out there that I would put in the same category. A lot of us are not getting much wrong. You know why? Because we're doing the fucking work. We're putting in the work. We are vetting, analyzing, interpreting, cross-referencing, looking for official documentation, looking for co-signers that have other forms of supporting evidence on certain specific topics that we are assembling and putting together that are pointing to very possible truths and realities. You don't have to like it, but you better learn to love it, in the words of Ric Flair, because it's the best thing around. (laughs) Today, I'm going to share with you a show I recently did with Ghost from the My Third Eye podcast. Great show. We talk about the election Talk about Vivek Ramaswamy again. Um, I'm going to play a clip here in a minute of him talking about Trump. Uh, If you guys remember when me and Sam Winchester did our show, we were talking about Vivek. Um, Sam was making the argument, and I was making the argument that uh, Trump is already dominating the Vivek lane. So at some point, Vivek and Trump, if Trump even makes it to the ballot, Uh, are going to have to debate, and I really hope to see that. But there's a chance that that's not going to happen because you guys know Colorado and Maine have now gone against freedom and gone against the Constitution and marched a little bit closer towards uh, communism, fascism, totalitarianism, authoritarianism by leaving Mr. Trump off of the ballot. He can't even get ballot access in those states at the moment. Uh, That's about as opposite of freedom as I've ever heard. But after we did this show, me and Ghost over on the My Third Eye podcast, he sent me a a TikTok clip that I'm going to share with you right now because it's got some interesting information. It's Vivek talking about exactly this Trump stuff. And he makes the claim that the people that are trying to keep Trump off the ballot are in the Republican Party. It's not even the Democrats that are doing this to him. Take a listen. Here's Vivek. Need you to listen to this. Let's have a good sense of what's going to happen here. Okay. They're leading into trap. They're not going to let Trump get anywhere near the White House. This is a presidential candidate. They're not going to let him. What about- so the goal is, you know, have him be the nominee. And by hell or high water, one way or another, they're not going to have him. They're not going to let him. What about the other two? It's not them. Who is it? It's within our own party. Okay. okay. It's within our own party? Yes, it is. Okay. Hey, look at the people who, are, who voted to keep Trump off the ballot. Who are they putting up? Who losses to keep him off the ballot? Larry Fink to Reed Hoffman. Who are they propping up? So it's a game. And I'm not going to, I'm in this to make sure that that doesn't happen. But they want Allegedly. to race, eliminate him. Put up actually the Trojan horse the sickening. party that keeps the war machine humming and keeps the restrictions on speech and the censorship agenda. Get it done. Who needs Democrats when you get it done to the Republican Party? If he knows so much, why wouldn't he just blurt it out? That's what's coming. If that's why he's really there. What do you think of Vivek? Hit the comment. All right. So I can see both sides of this. This woman that is upset about his comments 
has a good point. Why doesn't he just bring this stuff up publicly during the debates and all that, right? Maybe he will in the future. I don't know if he already has, but she makes a good point. Is he playing the game just like the rest of them? Is he compromised already? Is he in that spot to be propped up? If if Trump doesn't get on the ballot, let's say, you know, here's Vivek saying all these other people are being propped up by Larry Fink and everyone else that wants to keep the censorship going and the war machine going and the profit coming in, right? And if my theory about Vivek is accurate that he is uh, on the Soros-funded team, and then here he is floating the same similar type of theory that I floated about him, he's saying that all these other people are floating that theory about the other candidates. I mean, come on, people. Do you see what I'm seeing? Vivek, let's say Trump gets out of the way, and Vivek's right. The other people in the Republican Party are, are, you know, instituting a mutiny against Trump, and everyone else that's running is pro-war machine, pro-censorship, pro-continuing the Biden war agenda, basically, right? But Vivek's the odd man out, and he's the one that you should vote for because he isn't in the club on the team. And I feel like if that's true, the vast majority of Republican voters are going to vote for him because of that if Trump isn't there, and then boom, my theory may actually be accurate if he actually gets the nomination and wins and is in the big club Soros-funded pocket. Interesting stuff, wouldn't you say? I sent this over to Sam Winchester uh, after I saw it because, you know, I didn't have this information before me and Sam did our show together. And he said, uh, yeah, I'm skeptical of Vivek too, but he's right that it's the Republicans suing to remove Trump from the ballots. So what, what are we learning from this? If Trump isn't in the club, then the entire establishment hates this man for whatever reason I don't know and I don't really care but actions speak louder than words and I am seeing both the Republican and the Democratic parties being anti-Trump they do not want this man to run for president and part of me feels like maybe he should be the guy to win Despite all of it, because why are there people in both parties, the Republican and the Democratic parties, in lockstep against this guy? If they weren't afraid of him for one reason or another, are they afraid of him because he's going to come back into office if he gets elected and then do good things for the country? Or are they afraid of him because they know that he has big plans to take a lot of people down? Should he get back into office? I don't know. I know that he's a Mason. I know that Kushner is a Zionist. I know that Trump won the Theodore Herzl Award. So I don't know if Trump is a Zionist, but there's a good chance he and Kushner are on the big club team already. Maybe it's covertly, maybe 
he's the hero that they're propping up in their little Hegelian dialectic Albert Pike game that they like to play. Who knows? But it's going to be very interesting to watch. And like I've told you before, my fellow Americans, keep your eye on this Vivek Ramaswamy guy. Going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, before we get into the show, one more thing I wanted to comment on. Uh, one of my favorite podcasters, Charlie Robinson from the Macro Aggressions podcast, uh, recently got a show on, I think it's TNT Network, he said. And uh, I recently heard him say that they are giving no restrictions to his content yet. They are letting him talk about and say whatever he wants. And uh, he changed up some of his PR and marketing and promo stuff. Uh, now that he's got this show, he commented on. And, you know, they say imitation is the highest form of flattery. And I'm not saying Charlie Robinson is biting on my shtick at all. But his new uh, logo has the Anarchy A with the circle on it in macro aggressions. Just like I have the Anarchy A with the circle around it for Andrew for America. And he doesn't do the upside down flag now, but he has the flag up. And instead of the 50 stars up in the blue portion, he has a banana duct taped to it, uh, signaling that we are now a banana republic. And uh, he is obviously pro-anarchism, such as myself. So just wanted to comment on that. Charlie Robinson, I'd love to be on your show. I'd love to have you on my show. I feel like we have a lot of similar viewpoints and outlooks on things. Respect, sir. Just wanted to let you know. You got a fan in me. Let's take a commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to play for you my most recent appearance on the My Third Eye podcast with my friend ghost i'll be right back all right people welcome back to the show here we go this is my most recent appearance on the My Third Eye podcast with Ghost. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of M3E. Yes, your levels are good. You're coming through nice, loud, and clear. And if you're wondering who I'm talking to, uh, he's been a guest on the Tavern back when the Tavern's doors were still open to the public and banging out great episodes, but... Returning to the program, to the main show itself, is Andrew for America, host of the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. How are you, my friend? Ghost, I am glad to be here, sir. Thank you for inviting me on the main show. I feel honored. Glad to be here. Well, the the honor is all mine and, and the privilege, because I've been wanting to hook up with you for quite some time. Um Hell, we did a we did an episode together. I think on the Patriot Party podcast, uh, man, months and months ago. Yeah. Uh, we did a true conspiracy. Been on the tavern a couple times. Been on different shows together, and now you're here. Now you're here. You officially landed in the third eye zone. I appreciate it, man. Glad to be here. 
Absolutely. That Patriot Party show was one of my highest listened to show, actually. Nice. People love that. Good. They Good. love that take. Yeah. I can't remember if I released it or not. I was looking back and I, I know I have the audio, but I don't know if I ever released it. I, I, I forget. <laughs> I'll have to go back and, and, yeah. and check. It was a long one. It was yeah. definitely a long, we were on there for a while, but it was good. Yeah. Hell yeah. So what's new with you? Let, before we get into that, let people know where they can find you, your Instagram, uh, where they can find the podcast. If you do video and any, any bonus, anything you want to plug, let, let, let the people know. Okay. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Andrew for America on Instagram and TikTok and X, I guess. Uh, politics and punk rock podcast on Facebook. Uh, I don't know why I'm still up there, but they don't tend to take me down for some reason. Maybe I got grandfathered in, but uh, I've got a few dings here and there, but I'm still up and running. So, uh, but yeah, politics and punk rock podcast, basically wherever you get your podcasts until they start shutting me down. Um, I don't post a lot on YouTube, but I'm up, I'm up on YouTube, Andrew for America. And, uh, yeah, it's a podcast for intelligent truth seekers who love punk rock music and have an earnest desire to save this world. Nice. Nice. And for those of you that are only listening, you're wearing your trademark sunglasses. You, I've never seen you on a show without your, without your sunglasses. And, uh, for those that don't know, they, they are the American flag. So, uh, he's patriotic just like I am because he's a vet. And uh, I don't hold it against him, and he doesn't hold it against me. I was in the chair force, and he was a squid. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, it's a skinny, scope dope squid, man, for four short years. Yeah. I was very young. I was probably the youngest guy in the Navy. I mean, I joined when I was like 17. I got out when I was 22. Okay. So Damn. I got to be on the youngest route ever in history on that one. Hell yeah. But I learned a lot, boy. I mean, I don't know if I'd be in this chair talking about the shit I talk about had I not started my life in my early years with those experiences. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Because I know. Learned a lot. It shaped, it shaped me. Um, you know, you're young, impressionable. You go through the MK Ultra, you know, basic training. And, uh, you know, you, you go on to your duty station, what have you. And you meet some really cool people. You see some really cool things. You see some things that make you scratch your head and. You know, a lot, of, a lot of in between, but man, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, had fun. Now, would I join today? No, Mm-mm. not a chance Agreed. in hell. And I wouldn't even recommend my kids joining. Agree. Yeah, I've, I've learned too much. I already walked that path and I'm in the same boat. Had I known then what I know now, I would never even have talked to a recruiter. I never would have put pen to paper. I would have been uh, in a much more intelligent place with a greater knowledge base to draw from when I was 16 years old. I joined the delayed entry program when I was 16 years old. I was still a junior in high school. That's crazy. And growing up in rural, small town, Minnesota, uh, that was kind of the thing to do. I was one of like six or seven people in my town to join. And everyone looked at us like, holy shit, those were the only people that had the balls to do it. Everyone always is like, in that area, and those, I'm sure anyone that's listening that uh, was born and raised in small town America, you can relate. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how the recruiters get to you everywhere. And you, uh, you know what I mean. And so, uh, yeah. and Mike, so, so yeah, I was just gonna say real quick. So I, I my, you know, my grandpa, 25 years in the army, was in World War II. My uh, father was in Vietnam. 
Uh, my brother was a contractor in Vietnam. Uh, my stepdad was in basic training for the Navy. He got, he caught a couple guys going AWOL and got hit over the head with a lead pipe. So he got a medical discharge, Ooh. sadly. But uh, he is the guy that actually was pushing me to join. And uh, I really wasn't a big fan of living in small town Minnesota as a 17-year-old kid that thought he knew everything was ready to go <laughs> tackle the world. So I was like, get me out of here. Get me into the as far away from Tracy, Minnesota as I could possibly get. Put me on the other side of the world. Can't wait. Let's go. And uh, yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, I hear you because in retrospect, I, small town Pennsylvania. You know, family uh, history of of being in the military. You know, myself on my father's side, and uh, and some on my mother's side, but ma- mainly my father's side. But you know, you're like six, seventeen, eighteen years old. You're young. You know everything. You just want to. I'm going to conquer shit. You know, and you soon soon find out you're like, fuck. What did I? What what the fuck did I sign up for? I didn't know there's fucking. A, you meet some really cool people. B, you meet some really weird motherfuckers. And all different types of culture and, and upbringings and, and what have you. And then, then you get to your duty station. You know, I, I was one of those ones that pretty much got fucked. Yeah, they, they promised me, man, beachfront property. You have beach for days. Just no ocean because you're going to be stationed in New Mexico. And, uh, yeah, I was on the Eastern side. So it was like the high plains. I didn't, I, I had to drive all the way on the other side of the state just to see the Rocky mountains and it sucked. Um, but you know, I went to Vegas a lot and went overseas and, and did that. And, you know, it was cool. Got out, but you know what? Guess where I ended up right back in small town, Pennsylvania. Cause I'm an idiot. I don't know, man. These days I feel like that might be the move. True. True. I feel like being in smaller communities in, uh, the modern 21st century world we're living in is probably your best bet, especially if the World Economic Forum gets its way. Yeah, very true. Um, 15-minute cities, yada, yada, you know. I know. Uh, I hope it doesn't come to that. Uh, I I know you and I talked and messaged back and forth kind of a small direction where, where we kind of wanted to take the show. Um, never yeah. 100% planned on my end, just whatever. I know you wanted to talk about the 2024 elections and you, you want it. How I took it is help me get off this fucking train wreck of a thought that I've been having and spiraling down for a while. So let, let, let's lay it out. Maybe I can help. Maybe I can't Maybe hell. Maybe I'll jump on the train with you. I don't know. Um, well, man, I tell you what, it, it's a few of my last episodes I had my friend, uh, my friend Sam Winchester, uh, from the According to Sam podcast, who's very good on politics. Can I? Uh, he's better than I am on politics. I mean, I got the the word politics in the name of my show, and uh, I think over fifty percent of what I know about politics comes from Sam. Half the time, he's so good, he's so uh, educated on that stuff, and he keeps up on what uh, keeps up with what's going on, and. Um, you know, I watched these Republican debates with uh, all these candidates and Vivek Ramaswamy and <laughs> me and Sam did me me and me and Sam did a whole show where it looked like uh, Vivek was the most electable, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing given his competition <laughs> this year. Uh, and we made the argument that you know Vivek has to still contend with Trump. Uh, Trump is. You know, he's got the biggest populist movement mm-hmm. of a lot of pre- a lot of presidential candidates in a very long time. 
And, you know, uh, Sam made the argument that Trump is already dominating the Vivek lane. So no matter how far along the campaign trail Vivek makes it, at some point, all these idiots like Nikki Haley are going to step out of the way so Trump can take the nomination, depending on how far Vivek gets. Maybe it's going to be Vivek-Trump debating. And, you know, it's like WWE. Trump's going to be the guy that they, you know, predetermined, choreographed to win. Right. So, and that's how I feel about these these debates on the mainstream media, man. It's all theater. It might as well be pro wrestling, man. <laughs> it's like the you pit the hero and the villain against each other. The outcome's already predetermined. And all you're watching is the choreographed game, the tennis match, left and right, right? Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And that that's what these debates increasingly look more like to me as I get older and as I become wiser to this stuff. And it starts to look like a TV show. It's all bullshit. They're, yeah. they're, they're softball questions that never get to the root and the, and the core of anything. And it makes me kind of sick to my stomach to watch. And what makes me even more sick to my stomach to watch is my fellow Americans that watch these debate shows and fucking eat that shit spoon fed to them slurping mm-hmm. it up like it's real life and it just makes me fucking puke yeah it, how do they not see what's happening it drives me fucking crazy it, it drives me crazy as well and i'm right there with you you know uh, there was a day i used to get so pissed off if the news came on and i'd be they'd be talking something i'm like no that's not it and blah, 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 your blood pressure goes up now it's like dude it's a fucking game like watch they're going to do this. They're going to say this. And that's their way of doink, hitting the ball across the net to them. And like you said, softball questions. Now, when it comes to Vivek, man, we covered it on Cunt. He, he's actually been Cunt of the Week already. He 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 ripped off a lot of Barack Obama's talking points when, when, oh, when, boy. when he came oh, out. Boy. And I think right now, because Trump 100%. can't go to these debates, he's actually gunning and keeping the Trump train in that aspect kind of alive because he's saying the same things kind of like what Trump would do, yada, yada, yada. So he's out there. He's just uh-huh. gunning for the dude. He's just like not gunning to take him down, but gunning to get the, the competition out of the way so Trump can come in is, is how I'm, I'm kind of looking at it. You know, I, I don't foresee him getting the nominee or getting to the to the to the level where it, it's him and Trump debating to see who, who's going to get it. He's just out there. It, Play, playing the role. Hey, don't forget, your boy's back here. I know he's not at the debate, but you know what? This is what I'm saying right now is the same shit he'd be saying right if, if he was here. Just in a different different tone and a different, I don't want to yeah. say color, but, you know, just whatever. Well, yeah. No, I get your point. And that's, you know, that's the argument that me and Sam made when uh, we did, if you guys want to check it out, says it's uh, entitled Sam Winchester Checks In. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to his show, I got to give him a plug here. His, he is absolutely fantastic with his, uh, analysis and research and knowledge. And, uh, that was basically what we said. We both agreed that Vivek is not trustworthy based on, uh, the Soros funded scholarship money he took and then denied. Right. First and foremost, uh, I made the argument, uh, I, I floated the conspiracy theory on that episode that isn't it interesting that George Soros uh, may have uh, ties and even funded Vivek in his campaign at some point in time along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also is quoted as, you know, I mean, the open society. 
you know, and when he gave his uh, fortune to his son, his son said that he was going to fund the Democratic Party. So I, I floated the idea, this conspiracy theory, that wouldn't it be interesting that the the left's professed uh, goal is to anybody but Trump. We hate mm-hmm. Trump. Trump needs to go. Trump shouldn't even be alive. He's such a horrible Trump. Just blah blah blah. Trump derangement syndrome, right? Right. Still alive and well. It's that that uh, intelligence agency psyop was very effective. And isn't it interesting that you know Vivek is this guy that's acting like he's saying all the right things? I, I made the argument that the truther community is going to love what this guy says, but you have to look at his backstory to really understand what his agenda is and who his cronies are and who may be really, really truly behind his candidacy. uh, Not taking, you know, don't take into consideration into consideration or save the words he says, like he, I mean, Obama was very, very eloquent oh. and told the American people exactly what they wanted to hear. And the minute he got elected, boom, flip the switch. We're going to have the third term of George W. Bush's presidency. Uh-huh. So he changed absolutely nothing. So I've seen this movie before, and that's what me and Sam were saying. That was what I, the point I was trying to get at is that wouldn't it be interesting if the Soros kid is going to fund the Democratic Party. And oh, by the way, what if we can get a guy into the main spot running for the presidency on the Republican ticket? And oh, by the way, maybe he as well is funded by the Soros machine. What a perfect setup. Mm-hmm. You control both sides. Hence, you control the outcome. Hegelian dialectic. Yep. Problem, reaction, solution. What do you think about that? Uh, to me, it's dead on. Cause it, and, it, and it just falls right back into two wings, one fucking bird. Okay? Wow. What better way to infiltrate? 100%. Well, they've been infiltrating uh, the, the Democratic Party since almost the beginning of time with the Democratic Party. And then they start slowly oh, infiltrating yeah. the Republican Party. And now, if you... There's a lot of times it's hard to tell, hey, which side are you really on? Because, you know, with Trump, when he said something, he nine times out of ten, it happened. That That's what he was going to do. You know, th- that's just what it was. Um, now, did Mexico pay for any of the wall? No. Did I ever think that was going to happen? No. You ain't going to get, you know, come on. You're going to have another country pay for something being erected on our border? No, not going to happen. But, you know... Like you said with Obama, he's he man elegant talker. I mean, he could he could he could sell an Eskimo an ice cube. You know what I mean? Like just or snow or whatever the the, the terminology oh, is. Can yeah, and he, you know he said, he can produce videos about the end of the world with a smile on his face, like he's still this benevolent uh-huh. hero to the world. Yeah, and you know, like you said, once he got in office, flipped the script. Third term of uh, Bush. Bomb, 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 baby. War, war, war. And it's like, and then, then you look at some of the other Syria, deals. Yeah, yep. Yemen. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. the the money we gave to to Iran in the middle of the night and all this other shady shit. And it's like, and now, Libya. now, yeah, Libya. Libya, Gaddafi, Benghazi. Yeah. The and list the, goes on and on. On and on. It's it's like that 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 old song, you know, it's the list that goes on and on. But uh, you know now this this deranged lunatic uh, that can't even stay awake 
is talking about getting back into the the Iran uh, nuclear deal. Oh, and it's like, what boy. the fuck? Oh, and, and there's people out there that are like, oh, he's doing such a great job. It's like, what fucking drugs are you on? Because I want some. I, I really do want some. Because if yeah. you think this is great, I could not even imagine what you think is bad. Dude, I, I played the clip of Janet Yellen. I mean, she's the head of the Fed on there. These, they're asking her. I know that the, I love how the, this interviewer set this question up. I played this clip on my show. That's why I know it almost verbatim at this point. But the guy says, I know you're not going to support a woman for the presidency because you are already in 100% support for Joe Biden. How do you think he's been doing and how is, has he been, you know, on the campaign trail coming up soon? Oh, he's very involved. He's very vibrant. Oh, he, I, he's doing a great job. She says, I mean, I could not stop from buckling over and laughing at this. And the saddest thing about it, despite my laughter is that, I don't know, 80% of the American people that listen to that probably believed her. Because they don't fucking know any better. Come on, man. Herein lies our problem. Yeah. Our dilemma. The, the, <laughs> when, when. Oh, wake up, people. Yeah. Fucking wake up. Have you played any Boy. of Kerry's recent clips? John Kerry. He went over, I guess he got 198 or 195 countries to, hey, let's, uh, let's uh, rethink fossil fuels, right? And he was asked because he's 80. He's like, how do you think Obama or I'm sorry, how do you think Biden's doing? I think he's doing a phenomenal job. He's tremendous job that he's doing. He's great. Best presence I've ever seen. I get mad when they, they bring up his age. And I'm like, but no one's buying your bullshit. But yeah. at the end of the day, I have to stop and be like, hey, dummy, there are people that are actually buying his bullshit. Lots of people, the vast majority uh-huh. of people. And they're going <laughs> to. Why do you think you and I and others like us are out here podcasting, bro? Uh-huh. What re, what recourse does a sane, rational person have in this environment? They don't. Someone's got to be talking about it. I think here we what, are. I think what podcasts. <laughs> Listen to our shows. Yeah. Honestly, I think what podcasts are now are the equivalent to, um, and, and I'll kind of throw it back to Talk at the Tavern. You know, that was kind of loosely based off the Green Dragon. You know, when when times were tough in the beginning of America, where did they meet? They met at taverns. And what happened? 100%, baby. They eventually overthrew um, the British monarchy. And, if they, man, if they saw what, what we have done with what they came up with, and just just if they sat down and watched an, uh, one news program and watched how many times they, they brought up, oh, it's, it's, it's a detriment to our democracy. Motherfucker, they didn't give us a democracy. They gave us a fucking republic. They hated the idea of a democracy. Like, but everybody thinks, oh, America, we're in a democracy. No, the fuck we are. We are not in a fucking democracy. Nor should we be. No. That's just my humble opinion, but yeah, democracy is mob. I mean, it soon wastes and destroys itself. Yeah. I think, Look uh, at the Roman Empire. It was Hamilton or one of those, you know, founding father Freemason cats that said that. 
but uh, I agree, man. I, I mean, you know, 51% can vote and 49% live under tyranny. So mm -hmm. by definition, democracy is flawed. Yeah. But that's just my humble opinion. <laughs> but, hey, but these are the same people that say socialism's good, too. Well, you know. In theory. That's part, that's part of the ideological subversion, my friend. I know. By design. Yep. So do you think they... So do you think we're going to have an election in 2024? Um, I'm going to say yes, but uh, I don't know if you are aware or if you heard me talk about this on my show, but I played a video of a guy asking Alexa who's going to win the 2024 election. And Alexa said, there will not be a 2024 election. Because of the war with Iran, China, and Russia, the President of the United States will invoke the War Powers Act, uh -huh. which will suspend the election because of the impending war, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. So then this guy, in another video, asked Alexa, um... I'm going to forget the specifics of it, but you can, if you guys listen to my show, my last five episodes, both of these clips are in there. And I'm like, dude, if artificial intelligence is saying shit like that, like, I don't know if it's real. I don't have Alexa. Right. I'm not hip to the times with that stuff. So if you got Alexa, you know, ask Alexa, who's going to win the election. Tell me what it says. Cause if it actually says something different than what this guy claimed, I would love to hear that. But if this was real, this video, that's scary. Cause how mm -hmm. does AI, already know there's not going to be a 2024 right. election. If that's not fodder for conspiracy theories, I don't know what is. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy because I've seen I've seen those videos and part of me is like, oh my God, holy shit. But then there's a big part of me that's like, is it real or is this just, you know, fear porn put it out makes there? Makes you think, yeah. 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 So it, it makes you think. It's hard to discern. Yeah, it makes you think on both ends, you know. Yeah. Could it, could it not, you know, is it, and then you look what's going on. Okay. You know, we had Ukraine and everybody's like, what the fuck? We're still, and then all of a sudden now this Israel, um, Hamas things going off and it's like, well, <laughs> I'm going to scratch my head because now it's, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. And you know, I haven't listened to it yet, but I don't know if you guys listened to, um, Harley Robinson's show macroaggressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I just saw an ad for his show that said uh, it, it, it's funny because when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's what I've been talking about for the last four episodes. <laughs> uh, it said, should we be worried about 2024? And I saw the title and I'm like, Charlie, yeah, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Of course you should be worried. Listen to my last five episodes. So I think, you know. There's a lot of people talking about the same stuff. A lot of people are arriving at the same conclusions, and it's starting to be based on research and not just bullshit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't want to get all 2012 Armageddon or like Y2K about it, but a lot of things are pointing to a quite tumultuous 2024. Yeah. A lot of things. I th so, yeah, my, my spidey senses are on heightened awareness right now i'm kind of there with you um i still have a little bit of hope um and not oh, i have hope and not don't the, get me wrong yeah. oh i have hope i never give up hope right from faith but i but no, i don't have no. the hopium 
I just have like, you know, do I think we can turn it around? Yeah. Because a lot of times up before every election, oh, this is, this is the most important election of our lifetime. You, you hear it every well, single every, fucking everyone. election. Yeah, right? everyone is. So it's like, is this just the same fear porn that they put out every four years? Um, repetition. Repetition, just change a couple words here and there. The last one was Rona. And everybody thought, oh, well, once Trump wins, it'll go away. And we didn't, a lot of us didn't see the opposite of what was going on until it, oh, the mail-in ballots, the mail-in ballots, the mail-in ballots, the mail-in ballots. Let's, let's do mail-in ballots. Motherfucker, mail-in ballots weren't ever popular unless you were, A, in the service, and, and, and you wanted to mail in your ballot to, to your home Absentee, state, yeah. or you were disabled and couldn't physically get to the voting booth. And then all of a sudden, they just, oh, oh, let's make them popular. Why? Oh, because there's a deadly disease called the flu. And we got to scare people to keep them in their house. So they're scared. So they'll just put it in the mailbox. And then we can do whatever the fuck we want with it. Clever. Very clever. Worked. Yeah. It worked. Hands down, it worked. The Duke got more votes in the very first, that we're told, first black president in American history. Because Corn Pop and, you know, was a bad dude. Yeah, well, and you know, all those people that thought that the vans showing up with all these, you know, you know, whatever, pallets full of votes and three o'clock in the morning, everyone's heard this story, right? Well, there's a lot of courts in states across the country that are now ruling that that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Vote harvesting and fabrication and bullshit occurred. Yeah. I mean... All you got to do is look at the court. Like people don't want, I always say, if you guys don't want to believe the mainstream media, or I'm sorry, if you do believe the mainstream media narratives, then I recommend doing a little research and going in two places, declassified intelligence community files and official court rulings Mm -hmm. and documentations. And you're going to learn a lot more. Like, remember that kid that, um, the the Native American guy was beating the drum in his yeah. face. Mm-hmm. He had the MAGA hat on. Uh, I forget what the kid's Sandman. name was. I forget uh, his story. last name was Sandman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, that kid made a lot of money mm. from suing CNN. Oh, Did yeah. Did you know that, my fellow Americans? Yeah, that kid made a killing. He'll never- CNN had to admit that they fabricated that story in a court of law, and they settled with this guy. So people, yeah, you don't have to, don't believe me. You go look at declassified intelligence community documents and go look at court rulings and yeah. take their word for it. Nick, Nick Sandman was his name. And, uh, Nick Sandman. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that kid, if he plays his, his cards, right, will never have to work a day in his life for how much money he got well, from CNN. Well played kid. Yeah. And it, it couldn't happen to a nicer kid. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. They were just there. And like the kid said, he goes, I just thought it was a joke at first. And you could you could see the guy was taunting the fuck out of him and this and that. And they're calling him this. Oh, there's a back, that guy had a backstory too. Yeah. That was, yeah, he was shady as fuck. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, uh, not a big fan of Rittenhouse, but he got some money too um, from some of these. these and, and there's more more in the works, I guess. I don't know. He kind of fell off, thank God, but I think that was kind of more of a controlled op. 
Yeah, it was it was a definitely different story, different set of circumstances. Yeah. But think about think about the guilty party involved in uh-huh. all of it. The mainstream CIA infiltrated media. Yep. The big five. Yeah. And if and if you tell people that or normies are like it's like you do know that they're allowed to do propaganda again and uh the CIA's always been heavily influenced in uh the media. No, you're not uh dude, go look it up. Go look it up. Go look it up. Check this out. I'll give you a brief so John Kerry you mentioned earlier, Skull and Bonesman with George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Allegedly he dropped out so that George W. could take the presidency, but didn't matter who won that election. You know why? Because America lost. Yeah. Because two skull and bonesmen were the candidates. That there is no better example of controlled no. uh you know, controlled by some bigger entity than your beloved vote, my fellow American, your futile participatory action you like to take every four years thinking that you're going to change the country by pulling the lever for somebody doesn't gross. happen it's gross yeah it doesn't happen um I, I i don't even know what direction this country is ultimately trying to go towards i know what we're told in the mainstream Communism. well yeah uh chinese run communism is what it looks like to me right but on a on a different aspect, I could aspect, be wrong. I right, mean, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I was just like trying to think, like uh, on a different aspect of like the true American person, like you or me, that that just sees the bullshit for what it is. Do you think there's a more of us out there that can can actually make a change to get the fundamentals back to where they were, or are we too far fucking gone? Uh, no, I don't think that there's. Um, there's definitely hope. I mean, I definitely have faith and I have hope that it's possible. Um, but I think that, you know, this is just my humble opinion. Right. I think that our standard of living, regardless of how much we Americans bitch and whine and complain about the dumbest first world shit yeah. I've ever heard, <laughs> no concept of how bad people in other countries and people that are allegedly bred by the fucking intelligence communities for uh, intelligence communities for fucking sick, whatever the hell Epstein shit that they're doing to people. I don't know. Let's not get into that, but you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for discipline, man. I mean, really like you got to get off the couch. You got to quit watching sports. You got to quit bitching about how bad your life is if you're in an unhappy marriage or you hate your job or whatever. It's like, you know, I can't remember the specifics, but I talked about this on a previous episode. I think it was like an Andrew Tate quote where he was like, you know, if your woman doesn't let you come back to the house, you know, you got to be home by 10 o'clock. You're not allowed out of the house. You know, he made this argument that if you can't feel like you're a king in your own house, then how can you, you know, how are you a king anywhere else? And it just speaks to the wokeism, feminism movement, and, you know, women, the aggrandizement, the Instagram, the attention, you know, whores that a lot of fucking women yeah. have become. And, 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 the, and the straight up feminizing of men. Oh. These little beta soy boys walking around that a lot of people, Andy Frizzella made this point. He said that 
you know, when these young kids grow up to be fighting age, meanwhile, you know, people in China and people in other countries are, you know, assembling and disassembling firearms and getting firearms training in like elementary school. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think the future is going to look like when you when you roll that logic forward? It looks like America is a bunch of sitting ducks and it looks like it's by design. That's what scares me. I don't want to get all black pill about it, but I mean, based on my research, that's what it looks like. It sucks to like, it sucks to have to continually say this stuff, but like, I don't know what else to say, man. I'm just trying to be honest and unmerciful about what I've learned through my research and discovery. And it's scary, dude. I don't know what to say, man. I don't know what to say. It's tough. Well, I think Adam Curry nails it on the head with the the feminizing of men and the masculinizing, if that's even a word, of women. It's the new trans-Maoist agenda. Take the old Mao Mao agenda and do this. Cultural revolution. Yep, cultural revolution. And now, like you said, oh, well, they're they're not going to fight. Holy shit, they're, they're... Hell, they're too scared of a fucking nail clipper sometimes because they might they might trim off too much and it might hurt or or they go to a job and oh my god, there's only five of us here today and there's supposed to be seven on the on, on the on the on the floor today and I just can't handle the workload. It's like shut the fuck up, buckle up, Buttercup, Seriously. pull your pants up. This is my and let's go. This is my first world problems point. It's like yeah. the things that not only are talk or are complained let, let me change, let me rephrase that the things that are complained about if they weren't so supported by educators and clergy people and the mainstream media and talking heads and these corrupt ass politicians if the entire environment wasn't completely controlled and directed in hopes of achieving the goal that they're <laughs> trying to do you know what i mean like we would easily see this, but they're so freaking good at it. Those of those few of us that eventually see it, that's our that's the that's the question that we always come back to. Is it too late? I don't know, man. I don't know. I hope not, but yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. I, I'm right there with you. I, I hope not myself. But at the end of the day, I've been wrong on on a lot of other shit too. You know what I mean? I oh, have, me too. It's like fuck. It's the, it's the it's it's the quest that's important. It's yeah. the quest for truth and knowledge and wisdom that's important. And, and you know, it, it, when you ask me if I have hope for my fellow American masculine men to realize their duty and probably what needs to happen, um, it, it's difficult to say confidently that all these guys are going to figure it out within the next three to five, 10 years. Yeah. Um, I think you, people like you and me and podcasters like us probably got a big responsibility on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope people that have been listening to we podcasters uh, are inspired to maybe even start doing their own shows and get in their knowledge and information out there to the world. Because if all of the official channels are corrupted, we have no choice but to seek knowledge and wisdom elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I hope I hope people that listen to us and, and say to themselves, "Man, I love what those guys are doing. I want to do the same thing. 
I want to get involved and success or no, no success. At least I'm fighting the good fight and I can go to sleep at night positively Yeah, with hope and faith in the divine human spirit. What do you think? I, I love it. And I'm, I'm going to, going to get a little, uh, something off my chest. That's kind of, kind of been bothering me a little bit, uh, for, for a little while. Um, people like us get called, Oh, you're a fucking conspiracy theory. Your, your podcast is nothing but conspiracy theories. And it's like, no, it's not. Because if you think we're talking conspiracy theories, I would hate to think or hear what you think, what the founding fathers were fucking talking about, because they would make us look like we're, we're the fucking beta soy boys. And the fact that we oh, yeah. do research or have guests on that have done research into certain things and are pointing out like the new, new, uh, the, the WEF or, you know, uh, the, the whatever new world order or what, whatever sounds like a conspiracy theory to so many people is not a fucking conspiracy theory. It's the fucking truth. It's reality. What's going on. We're just out here fucking saying, Hey, look, that's reality. Why don't you take a look at it instead of fucking burying your fucking head in the sand and thinking everything's a okay because everything's cool in your little fucking bubble. We're not fucking crazy. We're just pointing it out. I can have somebody on that, that wants to talk about flat earth. Do I believe flat earth? I don't know. I don't know. I can have any guest on. I want at the end of the day. Doesn't mean I have to hundred percent agree with them, but I'm sure we're going to co- find common ground. And that's what a lot of people in America and around the world need to learn from podcasters is you can have different political beliefs, different beliefs in general come together on a fucking show and have what we call dialogue, a conver fucking station and grow from there because the MSM and everyone else, they want us divided because divided we fall. We're easy to control. You know, you know what I like to remind people of when we're talking about exactly what you're talking about is that the law that we live under is based on argumentation and debate and yeah. logical the, the the ability to create logical rational arguments uh-huh and that's what that's that's what the law that we live under is based on so don't you think it's probably pretty fucking important to have an idea yeah about this stuff as a citizen of whatever nation you live in who cares where it is right and, and civics is gone from the school system. Ask yourself, why the fuck is that the reality? Yeah, civics. That and, tells it, you a lot of stuff about the people in control, uh-huh. my fellow Americans. And come on, dude. Everybody's like, oh, they took cursive out. They don't even teach cursive. That's kind of weird. Isn't it weird? Come on, Vani. Is it weird? I don't know. Or it's, typing. It's weird. I learned typing yeah. in high school. They don't even teach typing. No. But if you think about what the fuck, all our founding documents are in fucking cursive. If they can't write cursive, they can't read cursive. So if they can't read, they don't know what our fucking founding That's documents. That's a really good point. Are fucking that, based on you know, you know how much knowledge that change de- eliminated oh. from the public consciousness. That's a really good point, man. Yeah, sad. It, it's very oh. sad. My my oh, daughter God. and my my youngest stepson, they're just. 
they're almost two years apart. They're like a year and something. Um, she's 20. He's 22 now. She's fixing to be 21 this summer. But she. It, it's weird because they kind of taught my stepson cursive up to a certain point and then just kind of stopped. But where my daughter went, because they went to two different schools, she learned cursive all the way up until, okay, cursive was over and done learning. I think middle school, probably maybe late elementary, fifth grade, whatever. My, my daughter still writes cursive. Now she can read what her stepmom writes. You know, she'll write a note or whatever it's in cursive or half cursive, you know, print, whatever. And there's times where, where he'll struggle reading what his mom wrote down on the list. And th- th- this was years ago. I mean, they since moved out, you know, got their own jobs and, and, in college and what have you. But I remember sitting there, I'm like, holy fuck. I haven't, I mean, I, I signed my name in cursive, but it's not proper cursive. It's fucking chicken scratch that you learn real quick when you're signing your documents to sign up for the military. How can I make my signature go way faster? Sometimes I struggle with, with reading it because I don't write it all the time. Everything's in print. Everything's, you know, whether you're writing an email or sending a text message you know, it, it's all in print. It, nothing's in cursive anymore other than our founding documents. Good point, man. So, you know, while you were saying that, I was thinking about this video I saw where... Two girls, one cup? A lot of these kids... Well, no, wow, no. Wow. I had to throw some humor in there. We were, we were going black pill hard. I know, we're, we're going down a deep, dark hole. Oh, my God. Nah. But hey, you know what? The ability to do that and still keep hope and faith is, in my opinion, the basis of being educated, worldly, knowledgeable, able to debate, able to philosophize with others, mm-hmm. you know, able to able to entertain ideas without accepting them, Aristotle. Right. And that's the key. You know, being able to just talk about an idea. You don't have to be for or against, but if you can't even have the conversation, you're in trouble. Yeah. Like trouble. I've had flat earth Dave on. Okay. His shit and his research fascinates the fuck out of me because me he too. does uh, so much flat research. Earth fascinate, flat earth fascinates the fuck out of me too. Agreed. But you know, I don't have proof whether it's flat or we're on a ball. I know what NASA tells us doesn't really make sense when you start putting the math together i've been up in airplanes yeah (laughs) but it's it's been a long time since i've flown it's been pre pre 9-11 i haven't flown since 9-11 i do remember looking out windows but at the time i wasn't looking out the window to to see if the earth was flat i'd be like oh look at that there's clouds oh we're flying through a cloud oh we're flying through a fucking thunderstorm this is really cool you know shit like that now i'm like man i wish i would have fucking paid attention a little bit more but flat earth wasn't yeah. really that big of a topic. I mean, I didn't really hear about it until what, maybe the mid 2000s, somewhere in there, like 2008, maybe a little bit earlier. But when, you know, back in the late 90s, nobody was talking flat earth. Oh, yeah. You know what I love about what you're saying right now is that think, I mean, and maybe this is because of the advent of the internet, uh, I could be wrong, but think about how much you learn outside of school. Mm -hmm. Um, you know think about how much you've learned since you've graduated from high school Mm -hmm. 
It's like, why, how many life decisions have people in their 20s made that they spend till their 40s and 50s to fix? And they never would have been in that situation in the first place had they not been taught what they needed to know about the real world. Right. Think about that. Mm-hmm. How effective is our education system? It's, what is its, it's goal? What is its purpose? Doctrination. Ask yourself, people. Like, come on. The, the Look, he- what the, are we doing? What the, are we doing? The Hessians had it right. You know, they, they gave us this great education system to dumb down and uh, control uh, the population. Now, I yeah, you guys have a small, not as I wouldn't say probably not as prevalent than out here in Pennsylvania, but you have Amish communities in Minnesota. Am I, am I correct? Oh, for sure. So they only go to, I think grade six, if that maybe, maybe eight. Mm. Okay. And then they're done schooling and they're only taught the basics, reading, writing, and arithmetic. You don't see a lot of brainwashed Amish people. Now, you see a lot of judgy ones because, you know, their religion kicks in and what have you. But what do you see when they go out? They're really good uh, carpenters. They're hard workers. They're farmers. They produce, you know, vegetables, you know, whatever. The basics. Homesteaders. Homesteaders, yes. And they're not hooked on Rockefeller medicine. It's very rare that they do go to the doctor, and if they do, you know, I mean, because most of their belief is, if it's my time, it's my time, you know, whatever it is. And a lot of their natural health remedies really do work. Gee, I wonder why, because you didn't have someone that said, oh, we can make these same things out of oil, then we can patent them and make even more money. And just keep putting a Band-Aid on these motherfuckers because they'll keep coming back being like, I'm sick, I'm sick. And instead of going in your backyard and finding pretty much anything you probably need or in your forest close to you, there's going to be shit there that's going to help you get over whatever illness you have. You know, uh, it's yeah. it's just common sense, but, you know, I, I don't know. And then you go down the whole roll of, Fossil fuel. I'm so sick of hearing people call fucking oil fossil fuels because the dinosaurs didn't die. There wasn't that many of them to decompose and then make oil, and it's going to run out. The Earth naturally makes the shit. Yeah, that's another one. That's that's a, if if that's true is a very well constructed scam to make money off of people. <laughs> the whole fossil fuels are limited supply. Yeah, and yeah, if if, if it's unlimited, then what a racket! Like war, uh-huh. great racket. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 fucking nuts. And you know, you made a point about people like us doing podcasts. I see a lot of podcasters. Not a not. The, I don't think we're in the majority, but there's a small group of hard headed vets right around our age that are in doing podcasts. And I think we're in there doing this for a reason because. We're the revolutionaries. We're the ones that purpose. have the purpose, have the purpose. drive, want to yep. get the information out there, want people to, hey, look, I, I, here's the information. Just go continue researching. You know, you don't have to buy everything, but just go go look into it a little bit. And then you have people that might be a little bit younger than us that 
didn't go to the military, but have that that strange way of thinking like we do that didn't go through MK Ultra mind control boot camp and, and everything else after that. And it's like, how do they think like this? Like, maybe they weren't on fluoride their whole life. I don't fucking know, but it's weird because you have someone like Ryan. Ryan, him, his thinking and my thinking are a lot alike. Now, he's uh, 13 years younger than me, but our thinking is so, and I, I, I tell him all the time, like, dude, you would have made a great soldier. I mean, you're, you're just with your humor alone, you love the dark humor. I mean, come on. And, yeah. you know, it, but it's it's the vets like us that have seen the shit, that have taken the orders, that just are like, come the fuck on, wake up. Think for yeah. yourself. Don't be told what to think. Well, yeah, I mean, I got to be honest with you, man. Like, I don't know if I would have ever pursued my quest for truth uh, had I not served in the military. Cause had I not left small town America, sometimes I wonder like how, how would my life have gone? Had I not had the balls to strive for something more, right. something better, some, some different ideal that maybe I had made up in my head at the time. And you know, the American dream, right. And then you grow up and you wise up and you wake up and then you go, hmm. Now I have questions about the entire story, yeah. the entire <laughs> yeah. narrative. And, and and regardless if you're a religious person or not, I was raised in a church. My mom was my mm-hmm. Sunday school teacher. Um, I still had questions about things like anybody else. And what scares me more than anything is... And this is actually my advice to list literally anybody, regardless of your race, color, creed, sexual orientation, status, social status, financial situation. I don't care. Anybody that comes along and tries to tell you that they have a one size fits all answer to all the world's problems, be it a politician, <laughs> uh, an elite, an elite banker group in the world economic forum, uh, a corrupt judge, a, a, a pastor or a priest, a teacher, I don't care. If you smell something's off, investigate for all of us because something fucked up is probably going on. And if you discover it, guess what? The rest of society would like to inform you that it is now your responsibility to tell the fucking rest of us, okay? Because we don't have a lot of other options mm-hmm. moving forward into the 21st century, 2024 election year in America. If you know the whole, if you see something, say something. Yeah. 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 Say something. Don't be a little quiet bitch and not say something. Speak up. We need you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But don't tell the government if you, if you, if you invented a car that runs off water, please do not do that. Just tell other people so they can do it. Keep it quiet, Oh man! but share the fucking knowledge, you know, and that that, we got to stay positive. We got to stay positive. We're we're black pilling again. uh, We are, but that it's fun. I I don't get a black pill that, that all that often on on here. Um, Okay. 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 uh, I shit. I just had a thought and it, it, it escaped me, but you know, Oh, back to, uh, you know, school and and what have you, you know, you're like, 
you see something or you learn something, spread the knowledge, spread it. You know, I've yeah, learned man. way more Talk than I ever it. did Talk about it. in in school. I learned I've learned way more than I know I ever would have in college. Uh, it, it, my fascination, I've always was curious and always wanted to learn, but it wasn't until I got out of the military that it almost went into overdrive. Like I, I quit pretty much watching like sitcoms and stuff like that. You know, now granted this was before I was really super awake to, to the programming, but it, me, if I was going to sit down and watch something and even kind of to this day, it's going to be a documentary. I, I want to, to learn. I, I, I want a, yeah. a source to learn. I, I, I quit listening to the radio and music a lot. I went into, you know, talk radio for, for the longest time. And then I discovered podcasts. And then, you know, it, it's always that I can have something playing in my ear and learn something on a daily basis because you're always in the process of learning. If, you, if, you're, if you're not, you're stalling out and you, you, you might as well just be uh, that fly that only lives for 24 hours and gets eaten by a fucking frog. Because if you're not going to fucking learn and grow, get the fuck out of the way. You're useless. I, I, it sounds mean. It sounds horrible. But, but you are. You're, you're just wasting space. Help find a solution to some of these problems. You know, doesn't that speak to how good we, you know, like, like, despite all of our complaints about the quote unquote free country that is the United States, you know, it, it, you live in a country that allows you to be the sloth and the wrath and the lust and the envy. You know what I mean? You can be Satan's little helper here. Yeah. No problem. You don't have to have morals and values and ethics and principles. Don't worry, your government, you know, and that's how they take over slowly but surely, piece by piece. And if, you know, what what choice do people have when you realize that there's a good chance everything you've been taught is suspect? There's a good chance that the people that are supposed to be the authority are also suspect. And then you realize that some of the most horrible, horrific things that we know have happened throughout history happened in reality. It was real life. That wasn't a story. It makes you ask yourself, you know, how powerful is propaganda and AI and social media? Like how powerful and how easy is this stuff being used to take over people's minds and make them live in this fantasy world where they don't even see the real world anymore. That's how scary and crazy I think it's getting now. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like, yes, I still have hope like we were talking about, but I, I feel like this technology is going to be quite helpful in the further subjugation. Yeah. Of, of the mind. You know what I mean? Like we, we live in a know, fucking man. society where, where it's okay to pin a tail on yourself and call yourself a cat, a dog, a deer, a moose, a pig. I'm a furry. What the? Great point. Get Like, what are we doing? You're fucking like, retarded is hello? what you are. I mean, and adults, adults are supporting this, bro. Like, yeah. 
Well, well, I have uh, to support him because what if I? What if my kid doesn't want to be my friend anymore? You're not supposed to be fucking friends. That comes secondary. You're a parent first. Like, you know tell them it's not normal of? to put on a tail and say, "Meow, I'm a cat. I'm no. gonna clean myself." It's no. not fucking normal. It's a mental disorder, probably yeah. created by the intelligence community. Probably another psyop. Yeah. Like how how insidious is this stuff? How good at this shit are they really at this point? Oh, they're masters. Makes you wonder, dude. They're Makes masters. You think like masters, masters, God mode. Oh yeah, totally. If uh, I had to guess, <laughs> you know, they have achieved God mode. Yeah, and, and it's scary because you have people that are too afraid to even confront them because, oh my God, how much backlash am I going to get? Or, or certain platform, am I going to get canceled? Yo, if I get canceled because I'm calling somebody out for being a fucking retard, thinking that they're a fucking animal and, and, and walking around and, and having a faux litter box in their school classroom. Fuck. I mean, uh, great. What are we doing? I'll pat myself on the back. If I get canceled for that shit. Great. Because I'll, I'll applaud. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you guys are who, who's dumber, the person that's pretending to be the cat, or the people that are fucking enabling this said human cat. Yeah, who's the real devil in this equation? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great question. Fucking frustrating. Ugh. I, I wish I wish more people would think in those terms sometimes. Yeah, but when, when we do, we're we're the assholes. We're we're the. Yeah. We're we're the conspiracy theorists. We're the the fucking weirdos. You know, it, it, we're the problem. Yeah, if, it, I mean, it, wow. If I'm a problem because I, I I think pretty much like a normal human being and how I was designed to think. I, I, okay. Well, and I feel like people. I feel like even even for those people that do break through through and start getting curious about more realistic you know, the, the reality of things more so than the propaganda fantasy world, right? The Disney world. <laughs> um, I feel like people need to get back to this celebration of, like you were saying before, debate and argumentation and being able to talk about politics in the public square, talk about politics at a bar or at a tavern without having people look at you sideways and maybe even being thrown out for being that weird radical guy talking about politics at the bar. Like I'm a bartender. Right. And, and I don't see a lot of political debate at bars anymore in no. my day. And if you do it, it's, you know? it's fucking, it's that hype. One dude's like really fucking hype on his side and he, he's not going to hear the other side. And, blah, 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 blah. and it's like, it's like, dude, fucking get off the fucking riddle. It's like a dick measuring contest. Yeah. It has nothing to do with knowledge. It has nothing yeah. to do with the spreading of wisdom. It's like, if you, if you don't know, you don't know. Uh, if you haven't seen, uh, you, trust a plan. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Look how ego. big my, it's like, That's shut a, the fuck up and have a, have a fucking intelligent conversation where it's calm. You don't need to get hype. Talk it out. Just talk. Yeah. Because you probably yeah. might learn something. You know, it wasn't until I slowed down and started talking and listening that I learned a lot about the left and I learned a lot about the right. And then I learned a lot. Sure. Holy shit. It's on one fucking bird all by design. Yeah. One does it faster. One does it slower. 
Yeah, I think everybody gets there in due time, man. I, I, you know, like I said, I'm going to keep faith. I'm going to keep hope alive. I don't want to be, be all doom and gloom. Um, but I think that regardless of what your political beliefs are, your religious beliefs, whatever, if you're not capable of looking at your environment and saying to yourself, something seems off, then maybe you are a useless eater. Yeah. <laughs> or the problem, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to be as merciful as I can be in my, but like, God damn it, man. Like, I, I just, I don't, I, what, at some point, something's going to give, and I don't want to be around when that thing gives. You know, fear, fear, man. Fear yeah. is a very powerful thing. Big time. It affects every single one of us, and when it's cultivated by the people in charge, very easy to see how the controllability of the human race really is. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, it, I think we're easier to control than fucking sheep. I mean, it looks that way, man. It's fucking crazy. It is. Now. We should talk about Tool. I was just going to say, we're now into the Patreon portion of the episode. So let's change gears. Let's get off politics and black pills and talk about my favorite band of all time. And I know you're a big fan of Tool as well. Let's talk about it. Love talking about Tool. Oh, man. I just recently saw them for, I believe, my seventh time at the XL Energy Center on Halloween night here in St. Paul, Minnesota, just uh, east of me. It was amazing. I think I remember getting a DM on Instagram from you um, saying that you were going to that or you sent me a picture of the tickets. I forget what it was. And you're like, hey, Ghost, check this out. I was like, you motherfucker. I I sent you the concert poster yeah that there, there was like a hundred made and everyone's rushing like as soon as they open the doors people are just scrambling for the merch booth mm-hmm. because they know that only a select amount of people are going to get the the poster from that show because they do a poster for every single show yep. and i'm just pumped because one of my best friends flew here from seattle for the show he's a diehard tool fan and uh he has been to three other shows already on this tour. So he's traveling with them at this point. Nice. And uh, he's very good at walking around the entire stadium before the event so that he can locate through a window the location of the merch booth, and that will determine what entrance he chooses to enter the show in. And as soon as they open the doors and he gets in, he makes a beeline to exactly that location that he just got done doing some recon on to ensure that he is one of the 100 people that will get a concert poster from that show. Hell yeah. He's one of those guys. Nice. Yeah. That That's diehard. Tool army. Yeah. yeah hell man. yeah. I, so, I remember it was being cool that I got that. Yeah. I remember being in high school and that that's when tool was, I mean, late, late eighties, early nineties tools coming on the scene and I found opiate, and I remember listening to it. I mean, it only had, what, five or six tracks on it. And I'd have my headphones on trying to do my homework if I did do my homework. And just like, wow, holy shit. Like, and then going to school and being like, 
man, have you heard about this band too? Oh, they're fucking gay, dude. You're not listening to fucking rap or um, whoever was popular at the time, like Old Dirty Bastard or whatever. Now, I do appreciate that music now, okay? But I was I was a rocker, you know what I mean? And, and I had the, you know, we talked a little bit before. You're wearing a very expensive tool shirt. I wish I still had the one that I had in, in high school where it just, it was tool. It was black and white. I remember buying it in the mall. And it had the tool on the back. It had the wrench and, and the two things that looked like a, a fucking tool, a dick. And I remember my yeah. teachers. You can't wear that. That's a phallic symbol. I'm like, it's a tool. Like, see, it's, it's a tool. It's a tool. It's it's a crescent wrench, and it has two, two. Oh, okay, I guess. And I got away with it. I got away with it. And my buddy to this day is like, I can't believe you thought of that on the fly. I'm like, well... I just went with their own marketing. Like, okay, we're a band. We're called Tool. We put a tool on the back. I knew what it was. The teachers knew what it was. But I flipped the script and somehow talked my way out of not having to take it off. And, and I wore it at least once a week, maybe sometimes twice a week, you know, as, as long as my mom watched it. But, yeah, fell in love with them. They, they, they just, awesome. yeah, they get you through the, the lows of your life and the highs of your life. It doesn't matter what mood you're in. You can find a tool song and, and you're going to relate. You're going to relate whether you're having a mediocre day, you're having a really kick-ass day and you just, yeah. Or you're, you're going through some shit and you know, you, you, you stumble across saliva and they, they, you know, their acoustic album and, and redo some of their songs in a different way, in a different light. And you're just like, holy shit. Greatest band ever. Greatest fucking band ever. Yeah, they're great, man. They're, you know, they were the highest grossing touring act for years. Yeah. I think uh, second only to like Dave Matthews uh, at the time in their heyday. And um, man, in my early 20s, when I was a fan of the psychedelics, uh, there was no greater experience than a tool show, man. I mean, that's, that's, part of it but the other part of it is that you're looking at four of the best musicians probably in the history of fucking world they are so good at just taking you there and you getting lost like you are in a trance in a way of speaking and it is a it is a spiritual experience Mm -hmm. when you go see a tool concert and uh you know they're just such a meaningful band to so many people for a number of reasons, man, they're, they're going to be timeless. Yeah, totally. And sure. I will say this hands down and, you know, I got to put John Bonham up there with probably the greatest drummer ever. Uh, Bonzo was, was, was the shit. Um, but sure. you can, you can hear a lot of Bonzo's influence with Danny and, and some other influences in there as well. But man, the way that guy can work his way around a drum kit and then when later on, when they added the electronic drum, drum pad for them and, and able to, it's like, holy fuck. Like you, you hear all these people, oh, Rush, they're the greatest band ever. And, and, and Neil Peart and all this It's like, have you listened to fucking Danny Carey, like fucking go off and, and like listen to any fucking tool song where, where he's playing drums, period. Like this dude's a fucking drum genius. Just my humble opinion. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know if this is true, but someone told me somewhere along the way that Danny Carey wrote a book called The Theory and Practice of 
quadrupedal motion or something like that. Oh shit! If that if that's true, I wouldn't doubt it because I've seen the guy play drums, and I mean, I mean, it's it's an ex- just watching Danny is an experience. Oh, absolutely. Let 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 alone Tool together in full you know spectacle <laughs> if you don't watch danny carey do a drum solo and want to fucking play drums after that then then there's something wrong with you because i mean i know i couldn't play the drum i don't have the fucking talent i'm too i'm not that coordinated to to do it but man when i listen to him i can close my eyes and air drum like a motherfucker and you know think I, i'm dead yeah <laughs> And then the way they they each instrument just plays off of each other, like it, whether it's the mm-hmm. bass, whether it's the guitar, whether it's Maynard's voice, it it it, it, it it's a tool. Every part yeah. is a tool in the cog. Yeah, and it's not just you know a bass player and a guitar player or two guitar players playing the exact same thing. Mm-mm. It's a, a composition. Like there's like each instrument has. A, a piece yeah it's not just you know playing power chords all the time and you know you know so it, it's very intricate is my point for yes. musicians out there it's like it, it's very advanced level musicianship and that's what i think a lot of people don't maybe give them credit for because they're scared of the show mm-hmm. and, and the possible occultism or you know whatever people think about tool there's you know, the stigma that's attached to them sometimes. But if you go to a show, I've never felt so much love and joy and happiness <laughs> yeah. in my entire life. So, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinion. I find them to be one of the greatest musical acts that ever was. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I'm a hundred percent on, on board with you on that one. You know, I, I finally got to see them. I've only ever been to one, um, Throughout the years, anytime they were coming around, something, something always fucking happened where I couldn't, couldn't fucking make it. I, whether it was work or couldn't get tickets or whatever. Finally got to see him. The wife and I were supposed to go because she, she loves Tool too. She ended up getting sick. So I take the stepson. That one, they were playing here in Hershey a few, uh, few years back. And he, he'd never really, he, he knew I liked Tool. He's, he's heard a, you know, me listen to him or whatever. He left there. He's like, that was probably the coolest experience of my life that i've ever went to a lot of people yeah man a lot of people say that a lot of people that don't even like rock music that were dragged to a show or yeah just went on a whim with someone mm-hmm. they, they didn't care they didn't care who they were saying seeing they just went to to check it out they that that is a common very common <laughs> uh you know thing people are like that was one of the best shows i've ever seen and that's why they were one of the highest grossing touring acts for years. Yeah. Years and years. Uh, and years. So, someone once compared them. They, they said that they're the new Pink Floyd. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. I can see a little Pink Floyd. I could see a little Led Zeppelin as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know, both. Absolutely. Yeah. They're just, yeah. I don't know. Just, there's so much you could say. Great experience. Yeah. I mean, I was I was so fucking tickled to go, and I remember my my buddy looking at my stepson, and he's like, "You you do realize you're going to see one of the greatest bands ever," and and yeah. he's like, "Really?" <laughs> and, you know, because he was he might have been fifteen, fourteen oh, wow. or fifteen. Yeah, he didn't even have his Perfect. license yet. So Perfect. he's like, "Really?" You know, and his and his 
transitioning voice to to balls dropping. And uh, my buddy's like, dude, they, yes, hands down, the greatest, one of the greatest bands ever to fucking do it, if not the greatest. And and he loved every minute of it. He he, he had a blast. I had a blast because I was just like, fuck it. I've been wanting to fucking see you motherfuckers since I first discovered you when I was a little kid in high school. And now here I am. And they played every fucking, I sang along to every fucking song. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, mm-hmm. you listen to them so many times over the years and. You know, it, it, they're a default band for me. Yeah, yeah. I created a fucking podcast because of my love for Tool. Uh, the name, My say, Third Eye. My Third Eye. It's a song. It's a song. And yeah, and you know, people are like, okay, what's that mean? Like, are, are you into like spiritual? I'm like, if you don't catch the fucking Tool reference and and go listen to that fucking song. I, I don't know how to help you. And then come to find out the lady that designed the logo for me originally. And it, it's hard for me to part with this one. She actually worked with Alex gray. I was just going to say Alex gray fan for sure. Very. Yes. And she's like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll design it for you. And, and what have you. And, and this is what she came up with. And I was just like, Holy, I, I loved it immediately. I was just like, Holy fuck. And, Awesome. Then it came out that she she worked with Alex Gray for for a few years and this and that and you know loved the guy he said he's a really cool guy and I was just like how crazy is it that I love Tool so much that when I was like I want to start a podcast and I want to call it My Third Eye you know prying open My Third Eye and I stumble across some person that followed me on Instagram and I check I thought it was a dude at first and I'm looking at their art and I'm like hey would you possibly want to team up and maybe do a logo for me and yeah sure here da 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 rest is history and then come to find out I'm like holy shit and then then the art art actually has kind of ties in a roundabout way to tool I was just like this is great this is great you know what I mean it, yeah I mean the first time I saw that backdrop I immediately th- I was like he likes tool or he likes Alex Gray that's yeah. the first thing both. I thought both <laughs> <laughs> I, I immediately knew I was like yep Cool. <laughs> uh, the wife got me a really cool clock for Christmas. Um, it's off the lateralis art, you know, with the, the eye and the, the two fingers and what have you. But the bottom half of the clock mm-hmm. is actually, like, even if you rub your, your fingers across it, it, it it's uh, the bottom half of a vinyl record. And, you know, it's a tool. And then she got me a, a fucking, uh, like, a plaque of tool. And then she got me this canvas that wasn't tool related, but it, it had a, like a third eye kind of meaning, man, that fucking clock and, and that, that, that plaque, I was like, you fucking hit it out of the park. I, this is the first time in almost 16 years you've ever gotten anything tool related for me for Christmas. Like a, you nailed it. it. It, you know what I mean? It was like it, it, fucking awesome. We I, are simple. Yeah, we are simple. We'll tell you what we want. Just get it right. Right. <laughs> You know, usually it was Green Bay Packer stuff, and you know she got me one one thing uh, of Green Bay. Didn't do that great this year, to be expected. Um, but when I opened that and I saw that, I was like, she's like, I, I just thought, you know, you, you're talking about moving into the other room and redesigning your studio and what have you. Maybe put these up, and and you know, she's she's like, I th- I thought of your podcast. It's like, ah, that's cool, you know. And uh, yeah, so I, I put the cool. I put the two picture I. Posted them on uh, Instagram or whatever, but I don't know. She she knocked it out of the park, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" 
Like, thank you. Thank you. Because, you know, you have I have every album. You know what I mean? Like, what do you get a Tool fan? Well, she found something. That's cool. Wow. Hell yeah, man. So when uh, you're going to go catch the next Tool show, I don't know how much longer they're going to tour, man. I feel like the time is of the essence. Yeah. Um, I got to see when they're coming to Pennsylvania next because if they come, usually if they come to Pennsylvania, they usually do stop in Hershey. And I think, mm-hmm. I think Maynard just likes it because he gets to say the Hershey Highway. <laughs> Maybe just <laughs> just one of those things because they they always stopped in Hershey. So if they do again, I'm definitely, you know, the last time I got I got floor seats, I'll do it again. Um, probably get on it a little sooner so I can get like front row floor seats. But where we were, we were right in the one aisle, and Danny Carey walked right down, went into the center stage uh, sound check area where everything was. I remember looking at my step signs like, "That's Danny Carey." He's like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "The drummer." How do you know? Well, he's tall. He's wearing a hoodie with his hood up, but he's wearing basketball shorts. He's like, what's that? Yep. I said, he always wears basketball shorts and, and a jersey. Well, he comes walking back out. I just hold my, my hand out like that, and he just kind of lightly bumps it, gives me like a little nut, and kept on walking. Everyone else around, oblivious. Oblivious. I'm like, what? you just realized Danny Carey just walked right down there. This is probably like, I don't know, half hour before the show was starting. He was probably going down talk with a significant other, making sure his levels are right or whatever, you know, you know what I mean? Peasants. Like, yeah. Peasants. <laughs> I was just like, he's like, why don't you go follow him? I'm like, I'm not going to be that fan. I'm, I'm not going to chase him down. You know what I mean? Yeah, as much no. as I wanted to, I was like, fuck, I should just fucking tail him. You know what I mean? Peek around the corner. Okay. He went in that room. Nope. Now he's in this, but just the fact that nobody else fucking picked up, they were too busy drinking or smoking and yeah. just, they, they were in their own little world, and I was just there for the fucking Greatness cool experience. Greatness just walked by you. Yeah. Greatness just walked by you. What are you guys doing? No, just watch the guy. I mean, I've seen so <sighs> many videos of him, just like the, you know, the the inner uh, symbol to Tom's mm-hmm. cam that goes right in there. I mean, man, it's like... The guy, just just the drums will put you in a trance. Oh hell He's yeah, so good. And then then He's then so you're watching perfect. him. You're like, how the fuck does this dude have the stamina to go that long? Yeah, good point. Because he must exercise a lot. <laughs> yeah, because it, it looks like a lot of work for sure. Every song, it it, it it's a complicated song. Every, every, like you said, it it's it, uh, they're composing a masterpiece. Every every fucking song that they, they play, and you, you're yep. just watching. And it's like, holy fuck. Like, it's one thing to play guitar, which get, I'm sure gets fucking tiring as well. But he's just, I mean, yeah. his whole body's into this for an hour, an hour and a half straight. And it's like, and he doesn't miss a fucking beat ever. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's prodigy. Probably one of the best ever. I was an experience. I was a little bummed though to find out that he was into Thelema Magic. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that he had the symbol on his toms once, and I was like, "Oh, Crowleyite." I see. Yeah, but I love the artist. Not or I love the art. I love the artist, but I don't have to love his beliefs. 
Yeah, you know, don't meet your heroes, right? Right. But hey, <laughs> just respect them from afar. <laughs> yeah. Although I would love to sit down and talk to the guy. I, I, I oh I yeah, would love that him or Maynard or or nope. any of them, Justin, Adam, like yeah, you know they're full of stories and, and oh yeah, oh, crazy Probably ones you don't want to hear. <laughs> how do how do you think Paul Diamore feels? That he left fucking Tool. Now. Oh, He's no. got to be kicking himself in the ass. Like, I can't believe my, for whatever bullshit reason he gave, I'm leaving, da 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 And they find Justin and move on without him. And Justin rocks. I mean, a great, great bass player does it in a different different way than, you know, kind of like, kind of like how Les Claypool is just a different bass player. You know, he's just a, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not putting them, Either in in the same category because I mean less I mean it's I'll, I'll different put, yeah. yeah I'll put him down as He's probably a virtuoso yeah, yeah I'll put him down as probably the best bass player ever to fucking I love <laughs> to see I love when he uh, I love when he auditioned for Metallica and James Hetfield said he was too good we couldn't have him yeah he's like they but, basically were like no no dude yeah go 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 start your own band man you're, you're just too damn good. And yeah, you don't need a band. Just get musicians around you. You're fine. But you know, that guy has to be just like, I can't believe I turned all that. Like just even, even if he was in it just for the money, look how much money he lost out on. Now, granted, they went through a lot of lawsuits and, and, and what have you with their, their record labels and and this and that, but they're not hurting financially. Any one of them in, in that band. No, that's for sure. I mean, and it's not just be because the of their music. Act yeah. And, yeah. That they were Merch, all very smart tours. and very educated in, in different ways and, you know, what have you, but. Oh yeah. Man. Well, you have to be, you have to be intel. Uh, well, I guess educated too and intelligent and capable of being a musician at that level. Like there's a lot more that goes into it than definitely realize. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, one of those things where you have to love it to be good at it. And it's, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if art and music's going away with technology, man. Let's hope not. I hope not let's either. Hope live shows. Let's hope live shows continue to be humans. playing oh, instruments, Yeah, totally. You know I mean? Not some Tesla robot that wants to beat the shit out of somebody. It's magic, man. It the is. Tool is a magical experience, dude. It for sure is. And I, I always They're laugh amazing. at the people that would always say, Oh, they're good, but their songs are just too damn long, man. Well, I don't. I, I'm glad Your they're mind's that long. Too short. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. You're closed off from fucking the world or something because yep. the, you, you haven't you haven't letting that music take you on a fucking journey. Whether you're, it can take you on a journey sober. That that yeah. should say something alone. You don't need to be drunk you don't need to be on psychedelics you don't need to be smoking weed or doing any type of drug or alcohol you can listen to tool and it's going to take you on a fucking journey for sure and that's why people that probably were too young to be drinking and doing drugs said it was one of the best bands ever Mm -hmm. like you said yeah it was a 15 year old right yeah i mean there you go yeah it's crazy shit yeah you don't need to be you don't need to be under the influence of anything to appreciate a tool concert. Absolutely not. No, they are by definition under any, 
state amazing yeah. for sure. Well, I think we can uh, we can wrap up there. Let my Patreons know where they can find you. I, I don't know. Have you started a Patreon yet or anything like that? I had one for a while, but I don't think my show is big enough for it to matter yet. So I'm still chugging along. Maybe right. uh, it'll make sense in the future. But um, yeah, so Politics and Punk Rock podcast, uh, pretty much available anywhere. Uh, Andrew for America on Instagram and TikTok. Politics and Punk Rock podcast on Facebook. Uh, show's on hiatus right now, but I'm going to start record uh, recording here in a couple weeks and uh, i might go to straight video at ooh, some point we'll okay. see so looking into that so i ooh, i don't know quite yet but uh i'll keep you posted i'll be back soon awesome yeah i'm i'm i've kind of got tasked <laughs> from ryan to maybe and and not just ryan but myself i want to I, I i want i've been kind of teaching myself i've always been good at audio editing um, but video editing always kind of kick my ass a little bit. So I've been trying to, to learn because I'd like to, to take, you know, the video aspect to a little bit higher level where, you know, even if it's just posting clips or teasers out there, I want it to look good. I want it to be prof- professional looking and, and, yeah. and what have you. And, you know, for whatever reason, people love watching podcasts. I, you yeah. know, it, it is what it is, but People like it. So, you know, I, I commend you for going that route, uh, man, if you have any tips or tricks or whatever that you learn along the way, feel free to pass them on to this dumbass. Cause man, video kicks my well, ass. Yeah. I mean the few little clip shows that I've done, I use Streamyard, same, same platform. Uh, but what I'm using is a thing called Wondershare video editor. And I think it's like 30 bucks a year. It's really not that expensive. Okay. And, um, I think it was uh, Brian from the It's a Hard Rock Life podcast that uh, told me about it. And uh, that's what I used for my, like I did like three or four video shows where I figured out how to do a share screen and um, show clips and and videos in the middle of a show. It's actually kind of cool. I I, I really liked how it turned out. But if I'm going to do it regularly, I want to take it to a better production level than me literally clicking in the middle of a show around and trying to find right uh you know what page i had saved and all that i want it to be more seamless than that and um my buddy sam from uh the according to sam podcast he's uh recently changed his show to using this software called uh called obs it's open source and i've seen a couple of his test runs and they look pretty good so um maybe but like you said, it's it's a lot more work, and it needs to make sense. So, who knows? I'm just kind of doing some research on it at the moment. So yeah, we'll see. same here. I mean, your your mindset is like mine. We can learn anything if we put our minds to it, and just sit down and buckle up, and you know, take the plunge, <laughs> kind of so to speak. Yeah, you know man. what I mean? It's like just fucking dive into it. You know, obviously, you know, your first episode of a fucking podcast isn't going to fucking be great. So your first video that you ever edit isn't going to be fucking great, but you're good. You can only learn by your mistakes. So hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. That's trial and error, man. Scientific method. How how do we learn anything? Right? Absolutely. And, uh, (laughs) going forward, uh, do you work? Well, do you work Sundays? Uh, 
Occasionally. Occasionally. We're going to have to team up. Um, I'd like to have you on Cunt as one of the Bean of the Weeks in the future. Um, okay. If you get the reference to the Bean. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Ryan always like, oh, he always like, it, it doesn't mean Beaner. Because that's, I'm like, dude, you're I'm the left lip, you're the right lip. A Bean can only mean one fucking thing. With Don't a show be so called sensitive, cunt. Ryan. God. Yeah, with a show like called Cunt. I mean, come on, you know the beans. Yeah, the beans, the bean. But uh, love to have we you. We know, we know. Yeah. yeah, but love to have you come on because you like to play clips and what have you. We just take news clips that we find. Usually, people send us stuff, and we just give our kind of honest opinion in a from like a like a conspiracy mindset type of angle. You know, trying to figure yeah, it tear out it apart yeah see where tear it, it apart see where it goes and then no at, shit against the wall at the end of the episode you know we always do cunt of the week and uh, i think coming up <laughs> next year um i want to do cunt of the week and then start doing like a cunt of the month and then at the end of next year do cunt of the year just uh just it's fun to say cunt so much you know? I, I know i love it i mean what, what better way to hey why do you call because we're the conspiracy underground news team okay get your head out of the gutter dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well andrew thank you for coming on uh we'll talk a little bit off the air and uh for the audience out there i hope you enjoyed this and uh remember always think for yourself i agree ghost Think for yourself, people. Stop letting the TV screen tell you what's what about this world. Because we're here to tell you it's all bullshit. <laughs> you know that, though. You're smart. Uh, people, it's time to take a commercial break. And then when we come back, it's time to play some punk rock. All right, people, welcome back to the show. It's time to play some punk rock. This band is from Hull, United Kingdom. They're an English punk rock band, and they have been on the show before, and I'm bringing them back here today because I really like this song, and I really like the title. It's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, making their return to the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Here's Zero Cost with their song, Proxy Wars. Thank you. 
back to it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 75. Uh, <laughs> I love it. That was the band Zero Cost with their song, Proxy Wars. Love the George W. clip at the beginning and end of that song. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hope you like to listen to me and Ghost talk uh, about everything, all things Black Pill and one of our favorite bands, Tool. Uh, go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy some merch. Click on the SoundCloud link to check out my music. Click on the Spotify link to go check out the playlist. I'm about to put this song Proxy Wars in the playlist. Take care of each other out there. Be nice. Cut people some slack. Uh, give people the benefit of the doubt. Educate yourself. Uh, next episode, I got Tiana the Truth Seeker coming back to the show. And uh, we're going to talk about what she's been up to and about all the crazy research and stuff that she knows about and uh, is going to drop on us. Can't wait to air that show. And, um, yep, getting ready to get back in the saddle here, people. I'm going to start releasing some more podcasts more often. And, as always, I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for listening. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 169 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast entitled Appearance on the My Third Eye Podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>